Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 90 of Give Me the Hot Sauce is up and running from the Hustle and Flow Studios in beautiful Palatine, Illinois. Stacy King is in the house for the second week in a row. His, his attitude is back, 100% energy. How you feeling, Stace? Listen, Mark, don't act like you're surprised I'm back, okay? Okay, you knew I was coming back. You knew it, okay? America, I'm back, okay? Your boy's back. I'm back to full strength. I will never be in my house again doing it from the from there you go. remotely. I, I don't like it. I feel confined. I don't feel like I'm part of the show. And then, you know, Timmy Whispers takes up too much control when I'm not here. He sits in my chair. He sits in my spot. <laughs> and he does talk a little bit more than when I'm not here. So And Whispers has got the kegs reloaded again. So We're good reloaded. for you. Yeah. The gold star for Timmy Whispers. Keeps me going. <laughs> <laughs> hey, want to say hi to all our friends who are following the live stream on Twitch and YouTube. We appreciate that. Always trying to grow that audience. We've got poll questions. We'll interact with you throughout the show. So our guy, Matty Ice, is uh, monitoring the Twitch stream. Ice, if you've got any ice, questions, uh, send them along, and Stacy will be more than happy to answer. And ice, ice, one of the topics I know that's been really hot for Bulls fans this week is the one and only Draymond <laughs> Green, who is trying to compete with us with his own podcast there. Trying to dredge up controversy, Stacy, by saying that the Golden State Warriors of 2016-2017, that was the team that had Kevin Durant on at the first of the two championships they won with KD, would easily defeat the 97-98 Bulls. He said he watched a re-air of one of the championship games and said, we'd have walked all over that squad. Your response? <sighs> puff, puff, pass. <laughs> <sighs> Whatever he's smoking, put it down. Okay? America. I'm not one of these guys that can compare errors like, you know, because you can't. It's nice. It's nice to have those discussions and legitimate players who played in these errors. No one gets into those little, you know, those conversations. It's like, hey, look, you know what? You can't take anything away from anybody who won championships, you know, before Golden State, because those were they played in a different era. This is how they played. Boom, boom, boom. But to sit up there and say that you would have wiped the Bulls. I mean, I even heard last night say to beat them by like 30. And I'm like, okay, he's he's capped now. It's all capped now because there's no way you <laughs> there's no way you bleed this. And here's my thought process on this. This is this is coming from an ex-player. Okay, not a not. I'm just giving you objective. This is what I see. Okay, 
The three-point game, if you're going to play in today's rules, Golden State has a clear advantage, okay? They have a clear advantage because this is the way the pace of the game is totally different. But there's no way in the world if you don't think the Bulls would make the adjustment to be able to play that style of play. Here's the problem, and this is where Draymond Green doesn't understand. Steph Curry is a great shooter in this game, okay? But he's still six foot three. Klay Thompson is 6'7". Draymond Green is not an offensive force, okay? Kevin Durant on that team is an offensive force. So those are your three best players, and then Draymond Green, is your, you sprinkle him in as your fourth best player, right? Would you say that? Yeah, oh, yeah. No okay. <laughs> this, is, this is Michael Jordan, 6'6", six six, at the two guard. Your point guard is Ron Harper at 6'6". Six six. Your small forward is 6'7", Scottie Pippen. Your power forward is Dennis Rodman. Your center is Luke Longley. But you remember, you if you want to play small ball, you can rotate Kukoc, Tony Kukoc yeah. in. Now you play Tony as your stretch four, and you move Dennis Rodman to the five spot. Now you easily match up with Golden State because defensively you can switch every single one of those players on the floor. Steph Curry would not get the same shots that he gets. Go back to that series with Memphis this year. If John Morant doesn't get hurt, Memphis wins that series. And what made Memphis even have a chance against Golden State? The physicality. They they took it to Golden State. They played them physical. They were knocking them around. Golden State had no answers for the physicality. So imagine bringing those 98 Bulls that won 72 games and give them a little bit of the physicality. Let them, let them play like Memphis played. There's no way in the world Golden State wins that game. If they were playing a seven-game series... Bulls, I guarantee you, Bulls win four to four out of six easily. So, would you have Harper guarding Steph Curry, or would you let Michael take him? No, you let you let Ron Harper play him. Here, here's 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 what happens: the length of the Bulls would give them problems. Okay, because the Bulls are so long and athletic, they can contest a three point shot. Steph Curry would have to score; he'd have to hit ten threes every game for them to even have a chance to beat the Bulls. But you got to also remember. Steph Curry on defense cannot be hidden like he is in this league. They hide Steph Curry defensively. He's gotten much better defensively over the last couple of years. He's gotten much better. But they do a good job of hiding him defensively in their, in their defensive sets, okay? So you come back on the other end. You're telling me, you're, you're telling me that anybody on their team can guard Michael Jordan. Absolutely not. You're telling me if Steph Curry is guarding Ron Harper, you don't think the Bulls and Phil Jackson are going into the post to post him up and make them have to double team? No. And if you don't think Scotty is going to impact the game on both ends, you're sadly mistaken. That's going to happen. Tony Kukoc, who's going to guard him? Draymond Green? Tony Kukoc will kill him. I mean, the versatility of Tony getting the ball off the glass, taking up, and they could play the same kind of pace that Golden State plays. They have an advantage, I'm not going to lie, with the three-point shooting. But there's no way in the world. Draymond Green is self-checked. Dennis Rodman would, would take him completely out of game, just out of the mind games, like you see Draymond Green doing right. everybody else. There'd be Dray, a lot of technicals Dray, in that Dray, matchup. Draymond Green would get... <laughs> How many would, minutes? Do you remember, remember, the, remember the series when Draymond Green kicked LeBron and because yeah. LeBron got into his got, head? Right, suspended. Imagine what, what Dennis Rodman would do to Draymond Green. You drove Carl Malone nuts in that series. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So so to him for him to say that, I mean, I can go down the list. Can we put those lists up? Um, team, can we put up the list? America, I want you to see this list, okay? What's the over-under on just six minutes for the technical into the game? 
Where's my list? Right off the opening tip, okay, you try to get in Draymond's head. That's There's right no question there. about it. That was Rodman especially. At that point, he had slowed down. His physical gifts weren't there, but mentally, he could take almost any star player out of it with his antics. Well, and, and like I said, you know, for Draymond Green. There's your list, Stace. See, Draymond Green. Let me see your list over here, Mark, because my computer's not working. Okay, look at these, look at these teams right here. Uh, you got the Bulls, 95-96 team, the 97-98 team. Those two teams could have been back-to-back 70-win teams, Okay. Golden State, I give them the third ranked best team in this this list that I came up with. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying when I'm, I'm I'm saying they're number three. But any of these teams, I think, could have beaten them because of the fact you go look at let's just let's just take a team number ten, Houston Rockets. Olajuwon himself is, is yeah nobody's guarding Olajuwon <laughs> himself is dominating this series. Okay, and you got to remember Houston had great three point shooters, so they would have been able to play in this particular era. Okay, um, Kenny Smith. Uh, Mario Elliott. They also defended. You had a shot blocker in the team in the back. That that team is good. You can look at any of those Spurs teams that could have competed. The Miami Heat with LeBron and the Heatles when they won their first championship. So for him to say he, that they're the best team, the greatest team of all time, is a joke. Because any of these teams that I have on this list here would have given them problems. What about they played Kareem at Bill Jabbar? In those 80, those 80 Laker teams, right. Showtime Lakers. And they were playing at a high pace. They were playing at a, a very high today's kind of level pace. Who stops Kareem at Jabbar? Who guards Magic? Who stops Byron Scott, James Worthy? There's a lot of teams. So when you're starting to compare errors, it's better just to say, hey, look, we are the best team in our era. If you want to say that, then you have an argument. There's no argument there. The only thing I could say from a devil's advocate point, I would never side with Draymond Green or anything, but he may have watched one game. There were some low-scoring games in that series. Remember, Scotty hurt his back in that series, and he was kind of hampered by that. So maybe he saw the pace at at which it was being played and Utah not looking on. Because he said they'd beat Utah by 40. Uh, No. Carl Malone would foul him out. He would not even be a factor with the with the way the Jazz play. The Jazz with the pick and roll. I mean, the Jazz played the way they play now, 95% pick and roll. How are you going to stop Carl Malone? You know, they had shooters. Jeff Hornacek and those guys were shooters out there. But here's the, here's the thing about all this, Mark, is, is that, you know, we live into, you know, live, we live in a society of what, what have you done lately. People forget how yeah. good that these teams that I had on that list were actually were during those times. There was, those teams were dominant. You know, when you talk about a team winning 65, 67 games, you know, I go back to the 91-92 Bulls team that won, that finished like 67 and, and 15, I think. And that team in the playoffs was dominant. We only lost two playoff games. It's 15 and 2. We could have won, we could have won 70 plus games, but Phil said, hey, we're not going for 72 wins because we don't want to win 72 and then be tired going into the playoffs. So he pulled off the gas a little bit. But that was a dominant team. And that was Michael Jordan at his highest of superpowers. That was Scottie Pippen at his highest of superpowers. So – Come on, man. Like like I said, it's great to have these little debates, but let's let's not be... It's it's always tough to compare errors. That's like yeah. people may, putting together their list of the top 50 players or whatever in the NBA, and they forget about Jerry West yes. and Oscar Robertson, Oscar Robertson. Like, like they couldn't play no, like they were no. busters. Like J.R., what's the guy, the little shooter? Oh, J.J. Reddick. Yeah, so they're plumbers. Oh, they're plumbers. <laughs> like, man, and Jerry West went to task in on that. Yeah. You know, and, and the same thing when I hear people talk about Larry Bird in this in this era of guys. Oh, Larry Bird could have done this. Larry Bird could have done that. Let me tell you something. Larry Bird would have bust these dudes' yeah, I know. ass. Yeah, that's right. Like Larry Bird, healthy Larry Bird in his prime – what player, what player, Mark, 
could could go, this is how bad Larry Bird is, America. This is, go look it up if you think I'm lying. This is how cold Larry Bird was. He tells you before he goes in the game, I'm going to shoot nothing but left-hand right. shots. <laughs> I'm not going to shoot with my right hand. I'm going to shoot the whole game left-handed yeah. and like get like 30 or 40 points with his left hand, and they won. He told a team, I don't know which team it was, but he told a team, it might have been Portland, but he says, hey, you know what, tonight, I'm just going to shoot, shoot with my, my left, left hand. hand. I'm going to kill you anyway. Think, think about what player in this game could actually say that and, and play four quarters with their left hand and score 30 or 40 points with it. That tells you how bad Larry Bird was. And just go back to Jerry West's point. He was voted the MVP of the finals in 1969 when they lost the series in seven yes. games to Boston. That's how good Jerry West was. He led the league in scoring and assists. He ain't the logo for nothing, and folks. he's a logo. Yeah. And he's a damn logo that's been on there for this to turn of time. So you better put some respect on yeah. Jerry West's name. So if all you know Jerry West is that bad actor portrayal in Winning Time yeah, on no, HBO, no, that ain't no, Jerry West, no, my, no. my friends. He could Jerry, play. Yeah, Jerry West was the real deal. One thing before we move on, one thing that was kind of funny in this, you know, Kevin Durant is, is definitely going uh, dark uh, this summer because he doesn't want to get involved with the trade talks. But he, he actually responded with a tweet saying that the one thing I know for sure, he says, I'm not saying who would win or anything, but Coach Steve Kerr, would have put player Steve Kerr in all kinds of pick and rolls, you know? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Just like they hired Steph Curry, they would have hit Steve Kerr. Steve, listen, the Bulls, Phil Jackson and, and Johnny Kerr and all, all the coaches that were on those championship teams had ways to make sure that you didn't get exposed. John Paxson wasn't the quickest guy, but you go back and look at some of those videos of Jay, John Paxson, he wasn't getting beat off the dribble. And, and was, he and, was feisty. And, and those were some <laughs> Hall of Fame guards being played yeah, back then. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas. and you, know, you So you can say whatever you want. Steve Kerr would have been able to exist out there, plus he would have been a three-point threat for the Bulls. And I'm telling you, Luke Longley would have, would have given them problems in the post because of his size and his strength. I'm telling you right now, they don't beat the Bulls. I don't care what era. I don't care, I don't care what era they want to play in because you definitely ain't going to beat them in the 90s. So you might as well just put that to bed because if Memphis had you if Memphis had you on the run here in this era, imagine what any of those teams would have done to you in this era. What would be your ranking of the six Bulls championship teams? Obviously, you played on the first three. The 95-96 team won 72 games. I think that's hard to argue against them. But where would you put one of your squads? I would probably say the the ninety one ninety two team would probably be third mm-hmm. because because the the seventy two and 10, 10 team is the pinnacle. That's the best team. Okay, they won a championship. They seventy two wins. The second the second year that was it ninety seven ninety eight. Uh, the second year was ninety six ninety seven. They they, had, they won sixty nine games and then they won. And they could have won seventy. Yeah, they, they lost the last game yes. to New York. Exactly. So they could have won seven. So I would probably put that one uh, number two. But I would say our 91-92 team that was was so dominant that year. And if it wasn't for Phil Jackson, if I'm telling Phil, Phil saw something that we didn't see as players. And he's like, hey, we, you know, we had a chance. We were all the players were like, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because it was history at the time. No one has even been close. We would have been the first team to do it. And Phil's like, nope. You know, championships are more important. We don't want to wear, you know, wear ourselves out chasing 72 wins. That means Michael has to play more than what I want to play, especially towards the end of the year. Scotty has to play more. Bill Cartwright has to play more. So, no, we're, we're going we're gonna to do what we got to do. We're, we're all about winning championships. And we went 15-2 and two in the playoffs. I only lost two games in the playoffs. 
Yeah, it's the debate that's going to go on for as long as people are watching basketball. Yeah. But obviously, Stacy was a part of three fantastic championship teams. And Draymond Green can think what he wants, but the defense of those uh, Bulls teams would have shut down their back. Well, and, and this is also coming from a guy who, who, who's asking for the max right now. And now Golden State's going to have their hands full when it comes Again, time puff, to, puff, yeah, pass. Yeah, puff, puff, pass. <laughs> listen, you're going to talk about, Pat, listen, hey, Draymond Green, there's some people think Draymond Green's a Hall of Famer, okay? I'm not one of them. I think he's a. I think he's a player that if you took Steph Curry off of Golden State and put him on any team, he's still a Hall of Famer. If you take you know Clay Thompson off that team, he's still going to be a Hall of Famer because the way he scores. But at Draymond Green, you put him on any team, he's a regular player. Right. He's a regular. He'll still rebound. He'll still. But we saw what Golden State when he was when all those guys were off and he was the main guy. It was a quadruple singles. I mean, you know, he wasn't that guy he is now. <laughs> he he is he benefits from playing with these great players. He benefits from that. And so I think that's why he thinks he's a max player. I think a lot of people at Golden State and their fan base thinks he's a max player. But I, I don't I feel like if you give him max dollars and he's getting ready to go into the later part of his career, you know, you're gonna regret that contract yeah. at the end of when it comes down to the last two or three years of that contract. All right, Whispers, uh, what's your number one Bulls championship team? Which one would you pick? All three that Stacy was on. Yes. Oh, he knows. He knows where his bread is buttered. One, two, three. <laughs> Just like the banner say, "Madness." One, two, three. Yes. Uh, whispers is loyal That's through and through. Oh, That's man. a friend right there. You know what? Friend to the end, baby. There you friend go. To the end. Just like Thirty Jackie years said. of abuse, and he still comes through when it matters. <laughs> That's how we do it, buddy. <laughs> See America. See America. Mark's Yoko Ono. There you man. go. Trying to, trying to up, break, trying up. To break up the yeah. up over here. <laughs> he already, you know, he already my, knew my answer too. Yeah. See, that, that's loyalty, though. Yeah. We didn't even have to ask you, <laughs> but we asked you. He asked you anyway, and I'm glad that you responded the way you did. You're my guy, man. We gave. Friends for life. Hey, we got something different coming up for you. We're going to take a deep dive into the mental approach to athletics with uh, Dr. Wendy Borlavi, who is the head of sports performance and mental health for the Chicago Bulls. She's going to join us after a break. Before we do that, we want to check in with our good buddy, Jeff Vukovic, one of the most loyal Bulls fans out there. He supports all the Chicago sports teams. So when it comes to insurance for your auto home and business, make sure that you contact the king of insurance, nationwide agent Jeff Vukovic, our good friend at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And Stacy, Nationwide. Is on your side. Woo! Stacy in fine form here on a beautiful Thursday. Weather is perfect, and we are going to talk to Dr. Wendy Borlabi. That's next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Welcome back. Episode 90 of Give Me the Hot Sauce rolls on. It is now our pleasure to welcome in this week's special guest, Dr. Wendy Balabi. She is the head of sports performance and mental health for the Chicago Bulls. Thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, there's been so much talk, particularly in the last decade or so, about the importance of the mental side of athletic performance. I know Kevin Love is one of the NBA players who've really come out and broken ground in terms of being upfront and some of his issues. How important is it, the mental component to an athlete's success in the world of professional sports? Well, first of all, I'll say thanks for having me. I'm really excited to, to, to be here. I got to give a quick shout out to our Midwest City fans. So I know they're, they'll be paying attention. Go Bombers. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, Stacey. I had to put it out there. I know you um, did. But no, but the, <laughs> so the, honestly, the, the mental health piece, I think it's, it's one of those that's, it's very important. It's always been there. We just didn't talk about it until recently right. and now it's becoming more and now it's becoming a topic that's 
that's been talked about. So it seems like it's something new, but it's not. I mean, it's something that athletes have dealt with, you know, and Stacey, you know, this plan, something they've dealt with their entire careers. But now that players are talking about it, it's becoming um, okay. And so now it's, you know, that, that piece where we can actually have those conversations where it's not a taboo. It's just, it's just real life. It's just real life. Yeah. I, I think, you know, going back to when I played, you know, I think the, the one thing that, you know, guys in my era, we didn't talk about it. Like guys just dealt with whatever we had coming mm-hmm. our way. Uh, didn't feel comfortable talking about because there's things outside of basketball that don't involve ba- basketball. You got everyday life that, you know, everyone goes through. And I think sometimes, you know, the fans just see the athlete and think that, you know, they make a lot of money, deal with it. You know, they don't understand that we have the same kind of problems that they do. Mm-hmm. And that we're mm-hmm. going through the same kind of things that they do. Absolutely. You know, I, the way I like to tell people when I always talk about um, what it is that I do is I tell them to think about their job. They're going into the office and they've had a fight with their significant other. The kids fit up on them. They're late. They had to make, you know, whatever dessert or cake for uh, the third grade picnic. They get to their get to work. They don't feel good and they still have to produce, but only have two or three people watching them. The same situation happens for professional athletes, but now they have millions of people critiquing their job. That's the difference. It's not just two or three people. Now you got millions of people critiquing you and you still have your everyday life functions that happen that affect you. How difficult is it for you to win the over the confidence of athletes? You know, as Stacy mentioned, you got the macho component. Guys are proud. And they don't want to talk about uh, personal issues. Is it, a, is it a difficult process at times to try to convince uh, an athlete that you're just there to help him and then you can really improve his performance if, if they want to share with you? Sure. Yes, it is. It's actually a long, I, I think I view it as a long process because I like for it to happen organically. There's no pressure. I don't want anybody, I don't want it to be, oh, you need to go talk to Dr. B or this is going on. It, I just need to be around. And the more that I'm around, the more conversation, just regular everyday conversation happens. And then you start to have those other kind of conversations about what's going on. And so, and that just takes time. And it just takes the ease of me being there and for them to understand that, I, I have no, as they say, no skin in the game. I have nothing to do with your contract, your playing time, nothing at all. I'm literally just there got to have conversation, hang out with you. And so um, and that just takes time for that to happen. And so the, the longer, um, should I say, the more I'm around, that maybe the sooner it happens. But um, it just takes me being there for it to happen organically. I, I think, you know, just – Speaking for myself, you know, I, I always looked at it as being like, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't need to talk to someone. I'll just talk to mm-hmm. my friends. And and one thing that I found out when you talk to your friends, they're, they're going to tell you everything that you want to hear. Like whispers just But, but you know, you know what I'm talking about though, Wendy, when you, yes. talk, when you, you know, you, you have a problem, you go to a friend and that friend's just going to agree with everything you say and not give you a biased opinion and, and, and really try to help you. They're just going right. to say, yeah, you're right. You shouldn't do this. Yeah. Da, da, da. I found out when you like, you know, I, I've, I've gone to a therapist to talk about certain things that I can't talk to my friends about. Cause I just don't want to get that. Yes, man. You know, that yes, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. All the time. And it's refreshing, you know, cause I think the stigma is I don't want to go talk to a psychiatrist. I don't want to go t- sit on someone's couch. You're not really sitting on anybody's couch or laying on the couch. Like they used to see on TV. <laughs> you actually sitting in a controlled environment. That is, mm-hmm. that is like, you feel safe. You feel like you can honestly, I, I felt like I could honestly be myself and, and, and let this person know some of the things I'm dealing with and get a different perspective. And then when I, when I gone a few times, I, I felt a thousand times better 
and been mm-hmm. able to work through some things that maybe I was that was difficult. But I didn't think you he know, could handle the truth, Doctor B. That was the problem. Wow! <laughs> wow. He turned yeah, on you, yeah, Stacy. See, we're over having a professional conversation, in America, and here we got this guy. Has anybody got the shock collar, please? So I can shock him. Oh my goodness! Go ahead, Doctor B. I'm sorry for for. for we apologize for whispers. No, but then, though, I'm going to piggyback on what he said about the truth, because that's exactly what it is. It's the truth, you know, and that's and in order to have those conversations, they got to be ready for those hard truths. You know, not a lot. Not everybody likes to have the mirror in front of them. Right. Where you got to look at yourself and have those conversations. And so back to what I was saying before is that when it happens with me, it's just organic. We're talking about, you know, lunch, basketball, some sporting event, a movie, um, their their significant other. We're talking about nothing, you know. And then it, that gradually moves into those conversations about what's going on with them. And then we have those conversations, like you're saying, where it's, and it's truth and honesty. So it's, I'm not the yes man. I'm not going to say yes. That, oh, that's great. You know, no, nope, I'm not going to say on that. I'm going to give you the, the, the truth. And you're, then you're going to have to answer those questions for yourself. And then I think for me, that's one of those, those tests, tests to see if they were really interested in making a movement. Because when I put it back on you, do you want to come back and have another conversation or do you want to go, okay, I'm done. That was a, yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. go back to talking about nonsense because I don't, I don't want her to, you know, tell me the, the real stuff and have the, we push and try to fight through that. And so, and that happens and it takes time for that to come back and forth because we are, we are not all ready to hear the truth. Absolutely. And so when it's your, when you're ready, that's when you start to make the movements. From a practical standpoint, if an athlete, obviously you're working with the Chicago Bulls, if an athlete would come to you and say, you know, I'm really struggling with my focus at the free throw line. I'm thinking about too many things and I can't zero in on exactly what is the most important thing, which is just focusing on making the shot. Do you, do you emphasize visualization, positive type of things, or, or what, what is the process in trying to help an athlete erase some self-doubt? Sure. So visualization is a, is a, is a great tool, absolutely. I'm, I'm on the, on the side of that. I don't want you to, I don't want to stop all the negative. I want you to just to let it pass through. Cause I think it takes a lot of energy to get you to stop thinking all the negative thoughts. I like to think of your head of, you're like a tunnel. So let the, whatever the negative thought comes through, let's let it pass through and let's bring some positive right behind it. So I'm trying to get you to, to think about focus on the positive, probably even get you to remember some things. We can use the visualization as a memory. We can also use video to help remember how you've done something or handled situations but I just want to bring all the positive we can right behind the negative as instead of having you use all of that energy to stop the negative because that makes you tired as well, right? So I just, that's the way that I like to view it and then want to be able to use any tool. I mean, I, I want to personalize it to the athlete, to the player. So just depending on who, who they are and what they're, um, how they like to use, if it's music, music is a real great tool. Something that makes you laugh is even, is even better. If I can get you to laugh, some kind of memory that gets you to laugh. And so we kind of put that in there to your toolbox because that helps to change it. Also deep breathing is a great tool as well that helps work. Um, a lot of players are want quotes or even just um, maybe a Bible verse. It's, it's the way that I view it is, is anything that's going to help you get yourself out of that negative and bring the positive right in. But we don't want to just focus on stopping the negative. The one, the one thing I, I've been noticing over the last few years are, are more and more, not just athletes, but uh, movie stars, people are coming out and they're not being afraid to put themselves out there and say, hey, look, I need some help. 
You know, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. I, I was just watching a UFC fight this past weekend. Uh, Patty Pimlet, who's one of the top fighters in, in UFC, uh, he was fighting with a heavy heart because one of his close friends, who he didn't know was going through something. You know, and they're close. They, they talked about everything, boom. But he did not know that his friend was going through this depression that ended mm-hmm. up taking his life. And he made this, this mm-hmm. passionate speech afterwards, you know, when it was a big moment for him. He won a huge fight. And the first thing he brought up was, you know, the mental health issue and, and how people need to take that seriously and, and try to, you know, listen and be there for the people who may be struggling. So uh, I was highly, it really rocked me when he said that, you know, and, and we don't know what people go through. We don't know what mm-hmm. goes on behind the scenes in someone's home. Um, so how, how, how can you recognize something like, you know, you're, you're a doctor, but like if my friend like Tim, is going through something like how would someone like me recognize that he is struggling with depression or just look at him. You wow. <laughs> wow. Wendy, Wendy, see what I'm talking about here. This is, this is a, this is a serious topic. And these two clowns are, are taking shots. Okay. I, I just gave him a passionate speech and then Mark should ask him. You know, it's funny, Mark. I was about to say, just look at me. <laughs> okay, Wendy, I, they got off the track again. I'm going back. I'm bringing the, the tra- I'm bringing the train back to the come track. On, come on back. Come on back now. So how, how can, and without looking at whispers, how could I, as just his friend, what would be the signs? What would be something that would tell me that, hey, he's struggling with depression. He's struggling. Because you as, you as a doctor, you would know. You would be able to, 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 you know, just by talking to him for an hour, you would probably be able to pick it up. But the regular person, someone's friend, would not. So what, how easy, what, what easy thing or what thing could I do that I can recognize mm-hmm. that and, and help him out. Sure. So I, I, I would actually correct you because I think that you as your friend, you do know, you do pick it up, but it may be subtle and you may, you may think it's just a one-off. Yeah. You know, you may think it's just a one-off, but then you, when you, you have to stop and kind of think about it. One-off meaning that you may think it may be something as simple as he usually eats dinner at six o'clock and it's nine o'clock and he hasn't eaten. And that's just that, you know, oh, he's just running around. He wasn't able to do that. Then the next day, the same thing happens that's a change in his schedule and it could be something that simple, but you notice that he didn't eat dinner till nine o'clock, but you may just think, Oh, that's just, that's just him. Something's going off. So then you ask the questions, why didn't you eat? I mean, what happened? What's going on? You know? And I think those are those, I think that's the piece is that it's when you're, when you're friends with somebody, you notice the subtle differences, but we often just mistake them as just, Oh, that's just them or something's going on in their life because we're focused on what's going on with our lives. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just, just wanting you to, to, to notice that that you probably do pick up on it already as a friend. You're around the person, so you know the differences going on. But we all got our own stuff going on, and so we're we may just miss it, yeah. you know. And so it, it's it's I think it's important that we we don't um, put all the the focus and that we have to pick up on every single thing going on with our friends. Like the example that you gave with the fighter, he didn't he may pick he may notice something, but he missed something, so he thinks it's his fault because he wasn't able to notice his friend was depressed. And this is what happened. And so I think it's those, it's those oftentimes it's those conversations that we have and, and, and the real conversations and of what's going on in your life, how are, what's changing, what's the positive, what's the negative. So as you're having that kind of going back and forth, because I, I always say that, that therapy is the only relationship that you get to focus on yourself. So, you know, as we're talking, we go back and forth, right? Yeah. This is what's going on with me. You tell me what's going on with you. We go back and forth. And oftentimes I'm just listening to tell you what's going on with me. I'm not paying attention to what's going on with you. 
Well, thanks so for not saying uh, just look at them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, but I think it's just we always we we're trying to put a lot of pressure on ourselves to try to figure out what's going on with everybody, and I think that it's it's I think it's more of for um, for for Tim to feel that he can have a conversation with you or anybody in his life. So we try to have those put that out there and that you know you can talk to me, you can talk to your spouse, you can talk to this friend, you can talk to this person at school, this person at church, and so it doesn't have to be. This one person that you can fight in. There's other people that care about you that you can say X, Y, and Z or have a little, you know, something's going on with you. So I think that's more of just saying, let's let's not make it say, Stacy, you got to figure out what's going on with him. But let's maybe say, Tim, there's a lot of people in this world that care about you and that they'll be willing to listen to you if that's out there. And so there's there's X, Y, and Z. So those are the kind of things that we try to put out there have those kind of conversations so it's not just limited to one person whispers uh one of your fans on twitch the brown notes says you're looking good as always so i just want to share that with you so you can feel you, you could you could feel better about yeah, yourself yes. i'm back up again you're Thank back you. hey i want to ask you about uh, a statement lebron james made a couple of years ago where he said he spends a million maybe a couple of million per year taking care of his body with cryotherapy and and different things that he does to make sure that he's at peak performance do you think that uh, as time goes by now, you're going to see more people turning to the mental side as well as the physical and investing some of their resources and trying to make sure that they are in peak shape mentally as well? Yes, but I think it kind of goes together. And what I mean by that is that, you know, I, thinking about like like with the rookies, talking to them about knowing knowing your body, right? So you need, you need to pay attention mentally. You need to pay attention to what's going on with your body so you know how when you feel... Uh, the different ways, you know, your body feels when you're healthy, unhealthy, all those different pieces. That's a mental piece that you're taking that note. And so I think that, I think that goes together as opposed to having, um, what I'm trying to push is that let's not have somebody else tell you how your body's feeling. You should know how your body's feeling. You should figure that piece out. You should be writing that down, taking those notes. And I think that's part of that mental piece and, and focusing on that, being able to use that to help you physically get to where you need to, because it's, I mean, uh, we talk about that. It's goes together. It definitely does. Um, but I think the more that we emphasize that how it is connected to longevity of playing, the more players actually pay attention to it. Yeah, I, I think what you're, what you're seeing these players now, this generation of players now, is that you know a lot of these guys grew up idolizing Michael Jordan, you know, and his mentality to the game and how he approached mm -hmm. the game, just his iron, you know, just razor sharp focus. And then you got Kobe came on, the late great Kobe Bryant came on with the Mamba mentality. And mm -hmm. he had this certain thing where, you know, he could focus and lock in and he did what he needed to do. But everybody's not like that. You know, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of these, these players who idolize those guys came in with that mindset. Yeah, I want to be like this. But they have found that they can't be like this. They don't they have there are certain things they can't match. And those the mental mm -hmm. part of it is part of it. And now these guys are speaking up. And I think it's so important for them to speak up and not be afraid. And these are star players. These are not just, you know, regular guys. These are guys mm -hmm. that are all-star caliber players that are stepping up to the forefront, letting people know, hey, look, I'm just like you. I have issues. I have things that are on my mind that are bothering me. And I'm now letting everyone know. And they're putting themselves out on, on front street and they're not worried about what people think. They're not, they don't, they're not concerned with people think there's something wrong with them because I think that that message needs to be is because we are, we are role models at this level. We have smaller mm -hmm. kids, you know, young kids watching these players. And you think about these, these kids who go through bullying, 
you know, and then, you know, they get bullied at school and they don't know how to handle it. And then they end up killing themselves. This is important for those kids to understand, like, hey, look, here's an NBA player who makes $30 million a year. He's going through the same things that you're going through. Maybe he's not being bullied, but he's having, you know, second thoughts about certain things. And now they can look up and say, hey, you know what? He's just like me. Yes, absolutely. You know, that's a, you're talking, it reminded me of um, uh, after DeMar hit those two, back-to-back last second shots we were i was at the ac and my son who's nine was with me and wanted to wanted to, to talk to demar to ask him you know how, how was he able to do that he, you know he asked him how i don't know the exact question but something like how were you able to do it? how did you do that and demar's answer was, was perfect he said you know it's he said i practiced because i wasn't confident in doing it but but i practiced and so one the more i practiced the more confident i got and the more i was able to feel that i can make those shots and so i just took it but it was just one of those just what you're saying is that i wasn't he didn't say I was great. He was great. He just said I wasn't confident at first, but I had to work at it. Now is the scary portion of the interview where we let whispers ask a question. You got a good question for the good doctor? Well, yeah. So it's, being a psychologist, this is a question that's a problem for anyone who's newly dating or married for 30 years. How do you answer the question, do I look good in these jeans? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Get this guy off the case! Somebody get this man! Whose man's is this? Whose man's is this? We're, we're sorry. I, I shouldn't have opened that up to whispers. You set you set it up. You just set it up, and he you just teed it oh, out. Oh, oh, I mean, how do I how do I look good in these jeans? Yeah, how do you? Well, first of all, that? don't wear anything tight. That's number one. You don't need to be wearing those skinny jeans, okay? okay is that what you said? That's what that question you. came up? No, no, no. Don't wear anything tight. That's for you. You're too old for that. No, not for me. Who's it? Oh, so somebody else? When your lady if, says, Yeah, if his wife asks the question. Jeans? Oh, if your wife asks That's you? what I'm saying. This is a psychological you know, you know what? issue. You, you, Absolutely. You know she what? looks great. You, you look you great. Tell you, look, you look off. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> you tell the truth. Home. You tell the truth. You tell, they tell the truth. You, can you still return those? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, see, Wendy, Wendy, you just, caused a, you just caused a divorce right there by him being honest. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the truth hurts, so you, but sometimes you don't need to let the truth out. Just let it go. I'm going to say doc, Dr. V told me to say. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Dr. V, v said. This is this is why I say you tell the truth, because if you don't, and she goes out in public, and then her girls talk to her and say, why are you wearing those jeans? Mm. Right, and then, you, you know didn't what? Tell you just you need to tell them that they're not good friends. They're just jealous because they don't look good <laughs> in them, honey. You wear those jeans all you want to, okay? And matter of fact, while we're there, we're still in these Hooter shorts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep a happy home, Doctor B. So I try to get back. Go. I see you over there, girl. If you're gonna go down, if you're gonna go down, you must well go down, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Doctor B, tell 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 our listeners because you you know you've given us some really good information, but tell tell our our, our, our listeners a little bit about your background and and some of the work you've done with other teams, the soccer teams and college. Tell them a little bit. Let them get to know you a little bit. Sure. So as you said, I am a psychologist. So I have my doctorate in clinical psychology. Um, I prior to the Bulls, I was with the Olympic. A committee. I was with them for eight years. So I worked with the um, about 16 different teams. I did two Winter Olympics and a Summer Olympics. Prior to that, I was at James Madison University. I used to own a company with uh, six Navy SEALs called APG. Did that wow. for about three years. And so we did mental training for um, uh, businesses and for professional teams. Um, I'm originally from Ghana. 
and moved to the United States when I was about four, was raised in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Oh, yes. Woo-woo. <laughs> we, we, have, we, we have history. So there you we, go. You know, we have history. Yes. See, yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw Stacy play back in the day when I was in, shall I say, junior high. Yes, junior high. She had a crush on me. She was too young. I said, hey, grow, grow up a little bit. I, I, knew her, I knew her brothers. It's too late. You're too, you're too young. But you're still playing with dolls. This guy. You're still playing with dolls. This okay, guy. Stacy, here's I'm a coin. I'm going to play Brad Pitt, baby, back then, too. Don't sleep. Oh, oh boy. You know oh, what? my gosh. I, you know what? I'm about ready to throw punch you. <laughs> I could have heard him back then. You were back, you're getting on my last nerve. Hey, hey, hey Wendy, here's a quarter. Call me in 10 years. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> see, Dr. B, this, this is what I got to deal with. You see? This is what I got to oh deal with on a, day, on a weekly basis. You know, we, you know, you never know what's going to come out of this guy's mouth over to my left. Okay, and we have corrupted Mark. Yeah, that's Mark, right. Mark, I was, was a, yeah. Mark was an award-winning straight arrow, a straight arrow, yeah. and now he's just went as crooked as a. As a I don't know what. <laughs> he's, yeah. He used to be the he used to be the guy that moderated this show and made us get in line, yeah. and now he's the guy that's leading everybody. We're following him off. Now he's instigating. Yes, yeah. he's the instigator. Well, we, we apologize. I think we're late for dinner. So. <laughs> we clearly need your help. Oh. Hey, hey, and I'm gonna tell I want to tell our listeners that she is doing she she has got COVID right now. She is not doing well, and she's up and doing this interview. And we really appreciate you coming on. This is awesome because I know I wouldn't have done it, but you know. <laughs> but hey, that's why you're the best, Doctor B. That's why you're the best. And, and we're going to win 50 games. It's going to be a party again this year, baby. We're going to have some fun. And this is my travel Let's partner, too. She's there you on go. The plane. She's on the plane with me all the time. We have good talks on the plane. She's awesome. She be trying to wake me up when I'm asleep. And then, you know, I'll be like, you're going to get throat punched, bro. And you're going back over. You better go back three seats. And she, she sits like three seats in front of me. So like, you got to go back up to your seat. I'm trying to sleep back here. Leave me alone, girl. Oh my God! You make the travel so much fun. Let me tell you. Well, thank you. you know, so much fun. I should get paid for that. I should ask for a raise. <laughs> oh. oh boy! And she got two wonderful kids. She got twins. I call them the Wonder Twins. She got. She got. They're growing up like weeds. How are they doing? They having a good summer. They are having a great summer. So my my daughter's actually sick with me. She's got COVID oh. as well. But my 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 son is having. Literally the best week because my he's we're we're in Oklahoma my parents' house and so he is uh, my parents are like in their eighties so they they can't entertain him so he's literally living in you know nothing and being on his iPad playing games he's eating junk I just heard them come back from Chick Fil A he's having his best week you you in Oklahoma right now I'm in Oklahoma yeah is it hot down there. It's actually thunderstorms right now it's really bad I'm, I'm coming I'm coming down there at the end of August. Uh, OU's doing oh. a little golf thing on the weekend. I'll be down there. I'll be down there during uh, the end of August. Probably catch a football game while I'm down nice. there. Nice. Have you seen yeah, I'll definitely back Kimberly? In Chicago you seen Kim? Day. You seen Kim? No. Come on, man. You know what? No. You know what? You know, we need to talk to her because every time we come to Oklahoma, <laughs> she don't never show up. She's like, she call me when you get here. It's another one of our good friends, America. She says, call us when you get here. She's that friend. When you yeah. come to Oklahoma, call me. Yes. We'll get Can't find it. And never answer Can't the phone. Phone never answers. You know, this phone, this phone has been disconnected by the user. Like, oh wait, this is the number she gave what? me. Yeah, but they'll be good, to, but then she'll be good to like, you know, post on a yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or she'll hit you with one of these, like, man, I'm so sorry I missed you. Man, man, I was, I, I thought I was going to have time to see you. I'm like, yeah, okay. All right, all right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for putting up with our nonsense. Uh, hope you and your daughter uh, feel much better very soon, and uh, 
all the best to your folks down there. So yeah, thank you so much for joining what's us. Up? Thank you very much. I'm so glad that I could. This is exactly what I needed. A little boost to my day. Yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> we'll see you back in Chicago when the new season gets ready to roll. Training camp in late September. Dr. Wendy Balabi, our special guest here on Give Me the Hot Sauce, episode 90. Episode 90 of Give Me the Hot Sauce rolls on. And, Stacy, we're getting all kinds of inquiries about the hot sauce. Tell folks how they can grab a bottle for themselves. Oh, America, trying to score the best hot sauce in the game. Well, listen up, because we have a variety of flavors that will bring some spice into your life. That's right. Give Me the Hot Sauce has the best small batch organic sauces for your kitchen. Whether it's Chicago-style red sauce with a garlic twist, fan favorite, and Stacy King favorite, St. Pat's Verde. Our spicy and sweet King's Q, and you want it hot? Here's our hottest of the bunch. Ouch! Chicago Fire, <laughs> 1871. So stop by GiveMeTheHotSauce.com, use code HOTSAUCE21 to get 21% off your first order. And we got a contest going on now, the 1,000th uh, yes. follower on Twitter. America, America, our loyal listeners, our loyal followers, we have so many of you guys. Okay, we just jumped on Twitch. We're, not, we're still new on Twitch. Um, but if you go the 1,000th uh, person on Instagram or Twitter, if you're the 1,000th follower, you will get a signed autographed bottle of my hot sauce. Got them right behind you, too, yeah, for so the folks on Twitch same, same. and uh, YouTube. So you, so you can see the bottles right here. You see that? They're autographed by me, and they're not, you know, I'm not trying to. We can authenticate yeah. it. We watch them yeah, sign every one. Yeah, yeah, my fingers are hurting. There's a little bit of <laughs> bottles, and you know, I did it. Thanks, Maddie. Yeah, it's all Maddie's idea. You know, our Shameless. producer. Yeah, she, she's, she's shamelessly peddling bottles for me to sign, and I did it. Where you go, man? Hey, you know who else is certain these days are the NFL football players who've reported for duty to start a training camp. It's not like it used to be. Remember, they used to have three-a-day practices and full pads and the Oklahoma drill, and yes. it was just, just crazy. But now it's, it's more of a civil thing. But the Bears are trying to sort things out. Some of the experts have them picked as a bottom five team in the league. But every year, some team rises up. Last year was the Bengals. No one thought they were going to be any good, and they ended up going all the way to the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, you have Jamar Chase and you have uh, Joe Burrow. I mean, that, and then you had Mixon that was a good running mm -hmm. back. So they had three, you know, really top players that elevated them. And in, when you have leaders like that in the locker room, you know, even though they're young, it forces everybody to keep up. And, you know, I, I know that their offensive line, the Bengals' offensive line, kind of let them down in the Super Bowl. If they would have gave Joe Burrow just a little bit more time, the Bengals win that Super Bowl. Chase was wide open. He beat mm -hmm. he beat Jalen Ramsey down to like a like a like a rug being hung up up there, baby. Just beat him. And he just didn't have enough time to throw it. Interesting uh, development now in the NFL, where players are reporting for camp and then saying. I'm here, but I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to ride the exercise bike. Roquan Smith is one of several stars who are staging a hold-in. The reason is you get all your money that way. Yeah, even, you even not practicing. They can't find you. And, and the organizations are powerless to do anything about smart it. Smart move. Smart move, Roquan. Smart move. He's one of my fantasy guys I pick up every year. <laughs> smart move. Show up. Show up. Listen. I get it. I get why they, they hold out. I mean, this kid's been productive since he came here. Yeah. And if you're the Bears, you know, pay him. You know what I'm saying? Pay them. Do what you got to do to keep your, your your players who've come in every single year and they've gotten better. They've improved every year. And, you know, this is a kid that's one of the cornerstones of your franchise on the defensive end. 
and it's a short career for the NFL. Yes. A lot of those contracts are not guaranteed. So you get a devastating injury, all of a sudden you can't oh, play anymore. Man. Yeah, I can I can understand a football player is holding out because yes. you know you could easily get hurt in practice. I know the the Bears starting center Lucas Patrick uh, was taken off on a cart uh, today Thursday that we're, we're talking about. Injuries happen even when you're not in full pads. Well, I tell you what, I mean, you when you look at all the professional sports, you know, football is the one that kind of gets the shaft. I mean, they have to come out every year when you see a football player sign a contract. You know, they say, oh, he signed a $25 million deal, okay? Really, only partial of that's guaranteed. That's the signing bonus. Whatever that signing bonus is, that's what he's going to get. And then after that, they can cut you the next, you know, the next year. You mm-hmm. know, they're not guaranteed to pay that whole contract. And these guys have to play the most physical game professional sport while they have to play the most physical, you know, type of sport. I mean, you get look at some of these guys who don't play anymore. You know, they can barely walk. Uh, you got to worry about CTE. There's so many things that, that after football that can affect you. You know, they just found out Dem- Demarius Thomas had uh, CTE. You know, this was a young guy. This right. guy was in his yeah. 30s. And he had uh, like a second stage CTE. So, man, it's just you feel bad for these players. And, and you know, I understand what Rokon is doing. I, and, I mean, at least he's showing up and he's not getting fined and he's there. And But the Bears should, should take care of the players that are going out there doing what they're supposed to do every year and, and being a staple to your team. Only a couple of practices so far, but people are saying that uh, Justin Fields looks good. He's throwing the ball accurately. His footwork has improved. You know, people are down on him because last year's team had all kinds of problems. The offensive line was all torn up. You know, they didn't really have a, a solid running game, and he was running for his life most of the season. My prediction is I think he's going to take a big jump in year two. I think Justin Fields is going to show why they drafted him so highly and why he was such a good player at Ohio State. Well, I, I think if you don't base it on wins and losses, Right. You, know, you you have to base it on production and what he's doing in the pocket, what he's doing moving the ball down the field. Is he making you know? Is he making strides into becoming a quarterback in the next couple of years? It's going to be the top quarterback in the division. Um, they also have to take into consideration their offensive line is not where it needs to be. And and I think you know this new general manager is going to you know put that as a priority and start building that offensive line because it doesn't matter what kind of quarterback you have back there. If he's not protected and you're just going to base it off his athleticism, let's just run him around out of the pocket, keep him safe. He, I mean, you still got linebackers that run 4-3, four, 4-4, four, four, uh, 40s. You got defensive safeties that come up and play the line of scrimmage because they know that they don't have a good offensive line and they blitz out every single time and, and come off that end and not allow him to get outside the pocket. And now you put him in danger out there in the open field. Uh, I don't want to see that kid get hurt. And I don't want to see the fan base turn on him when he's not – when he doesn't have the protection that he needs to become a, a legitimate stud quarterback. I was encouraged to see the Bears sign a couple of veteran offensive linemen. They signed Riley Reef, a veteran Riley. tackle, who was a former first-round draft pick of the Detroit Lions, and they also picked up Michael Schofield, who uh, was a starter in 12 games for the Bengals, who, as we mentioned, made it all the way to the Super Bowl last year. He's from Orland Park. He's married to U.S. Olympic hockey player Kendall Coyne. So, good story. A good coming home Chicago story for Michael kid. Schofield. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's good to see a kid come back home. He probably was a Bear fan growing up. Yeah. And now you get an opportunity to play for him. And hopefully, hopefully, both those guys are, are huge additions on the offensive line because – I'm telling you, if they don't protect that kid, you know, that kid's going to take a beating. And then when he's missing games due to injury because of non-protection, now who are you going to blame? Right. Yeah, so you got to blame. You can't blame him. And they asked Schofield, I said, were you a Bear fan growing up? He said, yeah, of course. And he, and he said his first jersey he had was a Marty Booker, number 86. Marty and he Booker. also had a Kyle Orton, number nine, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, Kyle Orton. Like he was like he <laughs> lived in the mountains. Like he was living in the mountains. He, he was the game no, he was the yeah. game manager back yeah, then. Yeah, he was like, he, were, like, he looked like he lived in the mountains with no cable. Speaking of quarterback yeah. looks, you see Aaron Rodgers walking into camp. Oh, I was gonna know, ask you, you know about what? that. You know what? The first okay, what was the first thing you thought was of? Green Bay? Oh, Nicholas Cage. Okay, yeah, Nicholas Cage. Cage. No, no, you know what my Aquaman? first thought was? No, 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 no. You know my you know what my first thought was? <laughs> Couples retreat. The, the massage therapist that came swimming in the water and he and then he shakes his hair. That's Frank Azaria. That? Yeah, whoever that is. No, 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 it wasn't him. No, 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 no. Couples retreat with Vince Vaughn and you had uh you had uh uh they went off in the, the couples it was uh, like Fabio? Yeah, he looked like Fabio. Isn't that they, Frank Azaria? No, 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 that, that no. was no that you're talking about you're talking about Ben Stiller movie. When uh, when he was that guy, he was uh, the massage, and he ended up sleeping with Ben Stiller's wife when they were on the honeymoon. <laughs> Is that where he says he would have to be like a hippo? No, this guy. You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, he yeah. looked like Fabio, yeah. and he had the long hair. And then uh, they they had to cancel the class because he wasn't on time. And then he comes swimming across the lagoon, and he's got like speedos on. And he's He's doing the long hair. That's the first person I thought of. You, you know who else he looked like is, is our buddy Danny Zetterman from ESPN oh, 1000 Radio. Yes. He posted a picture side by side. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Dan, yeah. You know what? I, you know, we, we, did, we had a long, we had a good conversation with Danny. Danny's a friend of the program. Yep. I've known Danny from when he first started. He's you got know, the yeah. long hair yeah, going. He, he went from a clean cut, like <laughs> little choir boy, and now he's like a rock star. Looking like Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, shaking the mane. I'm like, man, that boy, there's a lot of people wish they had that salad. Aaron nutritionist. <laughs> oh my God, I'm done with you, Whispers. No, he is. He that, is. That's he has a podcast. Is he? Yeah. yeah. What is it called? He eats healthy, not the like us. Chair nutritionist. <laughs> well, he should I'm, try it out. Let me tell you. I don't something. think he's going to cater the give me the hot sauce. Let me tape just me. tell you, I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why don't you tell the folks about the the good people at Windy City Limo? Oh, oh, let me see. Hold on. They get, they get you in style today? America. Oh, yes, they did. My, yeah. my driver, Mike Almaroff, that's my boy. <sighs> Windy City provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time like they do for me every single week, America. Contact us at 866-94-WINDY. That's 866-94-WINDY. And tell them Tim sent you. <laughs> that guarantees you won't get a discount. You get, you get nothing. Get charged more. <laughs> yeah, you, you get no. You get nothing. They just say go somewhere else. Hey, did you guys see the the scene at Wrigley Field on Tuesday when Wilson Contreras played what was probably his final home game in a Cubs uniform? Damn. I mean, it was pretty emotional. He got a standing ovation before his first at bat, before his last at bat. The Cubs won the game. He greeted everybody as they came off the field. The thing that boggles my mind is, all right, last year you get you can kind of understand that they didn't want to give. Chris Bryant, $200 million, and Javi Baez, $200 million. But Wilson Contreras is a catcher in his prime, and that's the hardest position to, to fill for a Major League Baseball team. If you are serious about winning, you build around a Wilson Contreras. Hey, listen, he, he made a play the other night where he threw a guy out that was at first base that was leading off too far. Mm -hmm. he snapped, yeah, he's good at he that. He snapped through that ball to first base and got him. I was like, wow, that was an impressive play. Why would you want to get rid of this guy? You know, finding a good catcher is hard to hard to find. And he loves Chicago. He oh, wants to stay. Man. I mean, he said repeatedly that the only thing he knows, he came, you know, from a foreign country, comes here at the age of 14, 
He's been in the organization for like 16 years, and, and he wants to finish his career as a Cub. And yet the Cubs had, as bad as they've been this year, they had two All-Stars, Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ, and it looks like they might trade both of them before next Tuesday's trade deadline. Well, you, you just kind of wonder, you know, what direction are you going to? Yeah. I mean, it's like, are you are you trying to save money, cost-cutting? I mean... Ding, right, ding. You know, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, but I mean, when you when you have a guy like that who you, has been in your organization since he was, you know, 15, 14 years old, however, and he wants to stay here, you know, and I'm sure, you know, he's not asking to break the bank, but what's market value for, you know, an all-star caliber catcher? You, you let Rizzo, who should have retired a Cub, go. You know, you let, you know, Baez and, and you know, Chris Bryant. And, yeah, you would have had to make a decision on the three of those players, okay? Which one of those guys, you know, three guys do we want to keep? You know, and I, I probably would have said Rizzo. Cause I yeah, think, I agree. I mean, Rizzo is like Mr. Cub. I mean, mm -hmm. Rizzo's going to come out every single day. He's going to give you max effort. He doesn't get hurt. You see what he's doing for the Yankees right now. And he's those a great guys, guy in the community. All the work guy. he's done with the oh, Children's Hospital. Great. Yes. I mean, that, those are the kind of guys that you want. They're coming here and typify what you want your ball club to be like. And so when you got a guy like that, you want to hold on to him, and he's still productive. It's not like, oh, well, he's not producing, so let's get rid of him. He was still – he's producing now – for the Yankees the last two years. So I, I wish they I wish they would stop doing that. But, you know, hey, that's why I'm just a, a, a man. Yeah, there's been some talk that they may spend big in free agency next why? winter. But we'll see. I mean, if you're going to spend next winter, why don't you give Wilson Contreras an extension who who, who, and start now? But, but Mark, I mean, you're, you're not willing to spend the money on the guys that you have here that are all-star caliber players now. So what makes people think you're going to go out there and, and, and you know, Carlos Correa, who's going to be a free agent next next year, what makes you think you're going to go out there and spend $250 million, $300 Because he's going to command $300 million. So, right, right. You know, and you were you were in, supposedly in the talks this year. Obviously, it wasn't where he wanted the money to be. That's why he went to where he went, Minnesota. And he didn't want to be in a total rebuild like no. the Cubs are headed and, and now, And that's what you're and that's they what are saying. In and I don't think any star player, even though Chicago is a great city to play for, they got a great the Cubs have a great fan base. I don't see anyone wanting to come here and be the main piece to a bunch of young kids that may be coming up from AAA and you know a bunch of young players who don't have a lot of experience because then the pressure falls on that player every day. If they're not winning, oh he's overpaid. Is this and that? And that player players don't want to be part of that. Got the Yankees cap. Uh, you're rocking that today. Aaron Judge is a free agent. You think Aaron Judge would sign Hell with the no. Cubs? Hell no. Yeah, no, because no, because the, the Yankees ain't letting him go. Yeah. He's not. He's just starting to go into his prime right now. This is a guy that is a difference maker for you offensively. He's as big as he is. He's a very good defensive player in the thirty eight homers right now. Yeah, this is a guy that you can pencil in at least thirty or more home runs a year. They're not letting that go. Yankees know what they got in Aaron Judge. He came up through their program. Came up through their farm system. No, that happening. How about that White Sox loss yesterday? Did you catch that? Graveman walked three straight guys and then get a little opposite field single. I mean, every time you think they're starting to turn it around, they go the other way. They're Now they're stuck at 500. They're only, what, three games out, but it, it feels like they're 100 games out with the way they're playing. It's just like, you know, two steps forward, three steps yeah. back. You know, you just like you just like you said, Mark, you think they're getting ready to turn the corner and they're getting ready to go on this, this really crazy run, and then they come back come back down to earth and they lose. We got to send Dr. B over there. Yeah, we, might, we might, might need to do that, man. Or send Ozzy over there. <laughs> <laughs> that might get ugly. Yeah, that, I mean, that might get yeah. really ugly. How about the sky, baby? Oh, yeah. But we, we, can't, we can't leave without talking about the sky, baby. The sky, Chicago sky, America. It's, it's Chicago's team right now in the summertime, right? They are hooping. They Rolling are, towards another man, championship. They, they, they got a legit shot to win back-to-back -back titles. And you know what, America? 
I, I keep trying to get Sky tickets. You know, I'm telling the Sky, you know, hey, you know, give me the hot sauce crew you had. You know, yeah. ever since, you know, Coach Wade came on and Allie Quigley came on, they've been rolling, you know. So how about give them some tickets? You know, we don't turn nothing down but our collar. We don't ask for we don't ask for nothing for free, but we don't turn it down either. What did you think of the format they had for that Commissioner's Cup, where the winning team gets thirty thousand a player and the losing team gets ten grand? That's going to guarantee, especially as underpaid as these ladies are, they're going to they're going to play their hardest. Yeah, they're going to play their hardest. It's not like an all star game where you know guys are going to let people you know girls are going to let people go to the basket. They're they're trying to play hard and um, they're grossly underpaid. Come on, start paying these girls what they're worth so they don't absolutely have to, so they don't have to go overseas like you know Brittany Griner who, who's on trial right now in Russia. We hear now that you know Biden is has basically said hey. You know, the, the trade, they're going to trade some some Russian people right, that have right. here for her. Hopefully that goes through. Gets done quickly. And yeah, yeah Get she's her home. been over there in, what, 160-plus days? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's taking too long. This long. It's yeah. too long. And and she's a basketball player. She's not a spy. She knows. I mean, she didn't – it's not like she – you know, what she had. I, from what I heard, it was a pin. It was a it was a pin of cannabis oil in it. It wasn't like she had a, a bag full of uh, a pound, 10 pounds of marijuana. Right, right. She wasn't you know? trying to distribute yeah, yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. So, right. but, you know, again, you know, like I said, you got to, you know, these, these, you know, when you go to a foreign country, you better know the rules. Yeah. Okay, because they don't have the same kind of freedom and luxury that we have here in the United States. And just because something may be legal here, it's not legal over there. So you got to watch where you go. Whispers, tell the folks about your friends at Angel Water. Yes, oh, I've been boy. waiting. I'm getting a little porched. Right here. Yes, there it is right there. Ready? Go ahead. <laughs> put, some, put some effort into it's it. A, it's a, a little lead. energy. Listen up, Bulls Nation. <laughs> we want to make water healthier for you. <laughs> for your home. <laughs> Jeez. Come on, Whispers. I'm still looking at hot sauce, Mr. Listen, up above. Did, we just had Dr. B here. Learn how to learn how to play through these things. <laughs> mentally, be mentally strong. Okay, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> you can tell. Just, just look at me. Just look at him. <laughs> so look no further than our favorite new water here in the Hot Sauce Studios. Angel Water. The company's on a mission to provide water free of the toxins and chemicals that can cause long-term damage to your health. We thank them for writing. Give me the hot sauce. Here it is right here. Water. So, geez. Tim, uh, after every three beers, has a bottle of water. <laughs> America. Yes, stay hydrated, right? I do stay hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> a beer, that is. <laughs> That's, uh, call 847-382-7800 and get a free water test today. What's that uh, phone number again for the folks? 847-382-7800. Yes. And ask for Chief Little Legs. <laughs> That's handy. handy and you know soon. what's going to happen? They're going to ask. They're going to give Tim a call after they hear the podcast and go. Can somebody else do our read? Yeah, uh, yeah. Probably. Hey, wait, 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 wait. First of all, first of all, Andy, Andy Wilson, the the owner of this this beautiful Angel Water Soft Purified Water, and he's you know he's giving us all these bottles of yeah, water to drink. Is that him on the bottle? Yeah, yeah I don't know. No, he's <laughs> that thing's too tall. But um, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> wow. But Andy Wilson, another Andy, sponsor, Andy gone Wilson, away. No, he ain't going nowhere. Right. Andy Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> like this is him and Tim go back way, way back, and we're all boys. Okay, we're all boys. So, all so, right. so when you call Angel Water Soft, honestly, go. He's got he does a great job over there, and uh, the water. I mean, the water is absolutely unbelievable. I already had two bottles already, and uh, you know, I think I've got my rations because I think we only have like eight left. So, Andy, don't be afraid to send another case over, buddy. And, and after the show, you get to autograph those bottles of water, yeah, too. We didn't tell you that until yeah, now. Yeah, that's like Maddie's over there. That's a great idea. <laughs> Let's get these bottles of water autographed. I offered him a new slogan. You can drink out of your toilets, but he that's didn't go disgusting. with it. That's disgusting. That's disgusting, man. That's was, disgusting. I thought, I thought it was a good call. That's just, oh, there's another oh. sponsor gone. 
Wow. I thought, I thought we had him forever, but he's, he's gone. Hey, we want to thank all our friends that uh, joined us on the live stream on Twitch and YouTube. And one of the comments from uh, Mahogany Woods Poppy says the Bears are plus 150 to get more than six wins. So is that a good mm. bet for you? More than six wins? Plus oh. 150. 17 games now. So. Oh, man. I, you know what? I, I, I think they're going to win. Seven and ten? I, I Plus one fifty. Yeah, it's not bad. I think they might win seven games. We're we're heading to the bookie it, it right after yeah, this. Yeah, we might have to go down there. I can't do it. I'm, I'm sorry. I can see that. America. I'm not a gambler. I'm not a gambler. I'm sorry. I'm doing it. Well, this isn't a gamble. Our poll question for this week is: Which Bulls championship team was the strongest? Because you can only fit four on a poll. We uh, we picked the '91 champions, the '92, '96, and '97 as your four options. 57% of you say yes, the 72 and 10 team of 1996 was the Bulls' strongest. 26% go with Stacy's 1992 champions that beat the Trailblazers in six games when Stacy and the reserve group led well, that fourth quarter comeback. Mark, I'm glad you gave my respect. I'm glad you remember what I did. Okay. That's right. But America, I would say, I would love to, if we could actually have that game. Like we could play the like the seventy two and ten team versus yeah. that ninety one ninety two team. That'd be a hell of a matchup because you're getting you're getting baseball Michael Jordan and back hurting Scottie Pippen at towards the end of his career. You're getting prime Michael in his superpowers, the height of his superpowers, and the height of Scottie's superpowers on that ninety one ninety two team plus Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright. That would have been a great matchup. That would have been a great matchup. I, I and John Paxson, uh, you know, BJ, Scott Williams. Like, I, I, I believe our bench was stronger than their bench. Um, and I believe with a prime Michael and a prime Scotty. Hey, speaking of Scott Williams, I saw on Twitter he asked if he could sleep in your house. Did that ever happen? <laughs> you know what? Tank, you know, Scott was Tank was coming to watch the White Sox play. He, yeah, he wanted me to go watch the White Sox yeah. game, and then you know, of course, you know, he, he's more than welcome to come to sure. the, you know the Thug Mansion. And, um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, only people, there's only certain people I let come to the Thug Mansion. Okay, yeah. Scott's family. He's the one I let go in there. Um, I thought I let Tim in there, but yeah, yeah we you know we got a dog yeah. house in the backyard. Not, not That's happening. Yeah. No. yeah, we do more. have a space though. We have I have, I have room for. Is Scott for still in town? He should roll on by. I don't know, man. I gotta, I gotta find Tank. You know, Tank is like, you know, he's like the, you know, Howard Hughes. You know, you think you know where he's at, and he's somewhere else. I saw he posted something. He's at Wrigley Field, I think, at a game earlier yeah. this week. So. Yeah. Where's Waldo? Yeah. Where's Scott? He's everywhere. So Scott, if you're listening, you're always welcome to come out to the yes. uh, Hustle and Flow Studios yes. in Palatine. Yes, we're gonna start we're bringing. We're gonna start bringing guests out here. That's now. right. You know, and as long as Tim's got those kegs loaded, they'll be happy to come by. That's what brings them in. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have to do that. I might, I might, we might have to bring him out here, man, because we we got a really nice setup out here. You know, it's a lot. We have a lot of fun in here, and uh, you know, look at our little Sriracha crew out here. You know, uh, doing a great job as always. Job. We appreciate all yeah, our look efforts. At him, look at him, just all just sitting back here. You know, they these guys make the show go. These are the people behind the scenes. Um, I wish we had a camera that you could see everybody. Yeah, um, but you just have to take my word for it, America. And our guy Nicky Knuckles got a job over at ESPN yes, Radio. Yes, congratulations, congratulations to Nick. Congratulations, congratulations to Nick. Look at the Nick. Tell you, there's Nick coming up there right now. <laughs> there he is right there. He's that new haircut. Yeah. Remember, he showed it off last he week. He got that new yeah. haircut, and that's the reason why he got the job. Yeah, because before he had one, before he had like a Wayne's World mullet, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why he couldn't get any interviews. So they said, "Nah, this dude like he's gonna do something." So they he finally cut that mullet off that was down to his back, and now he got a job. I never make it to <laughs> 
That'd be a tough invite for you, Nikki. I don't oh, know. yes, yes. Well, yes. we appreciate their efforts. We appreciate everybody on Twitch and YouTube. And uh, we thank Dr. Wendy for joining us and putting up with our nonsense here on episode 90 yes. of Gimme the 90. Hot Sauce. As 90. you look at the credits of all our great people that you are helping us out on the show. You know what, Mark? I've been thinking about it. I didn't know we was 90 today. That's impressive. Yeah. You know, I mean, 90. Not too many people last this long. Yeah. So we're gonna have to. We're gonna, we're gonna have to have, good ad We're gonna have to have some kind of celebration when we get to hundred. He's still episodes. thinking. I was asking him if I look good in my jeans. So I'm, I'm just <laughs> over that. Listen, I mean, when I when I saw when I saw the jeans that you had one uh, like in the '80s with the the butts was hanging out of them, you cut the pockets out and your butt cheeks was hanging out of them. Like my chaps. chaps? Yeah, I was like, hey, that's what I thought you was talking about. I was uh, like, oh lord, no, we're not talking I about. I thought you were talking about my cavaricis. Oh my god, I'm I'm done. We done got off the track again. Cavaricis. Before we say goodbye, if you are following us uh, on Twitch or YouTube, make sure to follow at Gimme the Hot Sauce on Instagram and Twitter and all of the social media. And if you're sampling Stacy's signature sauces, make sure to tag us. Use the hashtag capital GTHS. That stands for Gimme the Hot Sauce, GTHS, for a chance to be featured on our page. And who knows, you might even win a bottle of... Of hot sauce autograph okay. for the one and only okay. Stacey before, King. Before we before we take this off here, I, I have I have a complaint. Uh oh, I have a complaint. Okay, hot sauce crew, come on, you gonna you gotta spell my name right on the thing. Go, go oh no, they that. spelled your go, name go wrong. Back, go go back to that. Go back to that. Go back to that read. Yeah, okay. yeah. Who did that? Go back to oh, that. Oh, they're all pointing. Oh, they're hey, all pointing fingers at each other. Yeah. You did it. Let's, let's go. Go oh, back. Oh my look, goodness. Hey, America, look, look Stacy King's give me the hot sauce podcast. There is no, my name is not spelled S-C-A-C-Y. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's Somebody's E-Y. getting fired, America. Look at him. Look at him. Somebody's getting fired, look, America. Ladies and gentlemen, there it is right there. Throw, they threw him under the bus. Oh. It's Cisco. Cisco the thong song, man. Oh, that is cold. Oh, hey, hot, hot sauce is misspelled on the read. I don't want to <laughs> keep going down. Oh, I, think, I think we better get boy, out of here before boy, some more people lose their jobs. Boy, some people struggling behind the scenes today. <laughs> Nick's making a note. Make yeah. a note of that. Oh, Stacy with an E. It's E. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's oh, Whispers my. with an H. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Whispers to get another beer. Time oh. for us to get on out of here. Oh, D, play, play the outro. It's only preseason, but I'm high field. Fuck. Jimmy Drive home safe to Chicago.